In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. We are closely united to our Lord by baptism, and the bond grows stronger day by day. In the sacrament of the Eucharist, a deep, intimate union with Christ was established. In it, we receive his spirit, and we're raised to the dignity of the children of God. It's a communion of life much deeper than could possibly exist between any two human beings. One spiritual writer says, just as the hand joined to the body is filled with the life that flows from the body as a whole, so the Christian is filled with the life of Christ. And using a rather beautiful image, our Lord himself taught us how we are united to him. I am the vine, you are the branches. If we struggle to be saints, well then we can achieve such a strong union that we will be able to say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so that closeness to Christ should fill us with joy. A number of years ago, a lady stood up at a get-together in Colombia with the prelate of Oprah's Day, and she said that she was Lutheran and that her daughter had begun to attend the center of Oprah's Day to study there. But then she began to attend classes of formation and she would talk with her mother when she came home about those classes of formation. And this lady said, I could see my daughter little by little losing her Lutheran faith. And we had stand up rows. And then after some time, horror of horrors, she began to attend mass. I could see my daughter, maybe myself losing my daughter more and more. And so we had more rows. But then my daughter challenged me to come to mass with her. And the lady finished her speech by saying, and now, Father, the mass is the joy of my life. She had also converted to Catholicism. And she had discovered the mass rather beautiful statement, the mass is the joy of my life. What this lady was saying was that I understood the sacrifice of the mass, that it's a sacrifice. And so I bring my sacrifices, my burdens, my problems, my worries and concerns 
I place them on the pattern and unite them to the offering of Christ as he offers them to his heavenly father. And so the mass is the joy of my life. So our closeness to the, to the mass and to Christ can fill us with joy. If we're a living part of the mystical body of Christ, we share in everything that Christ does. And in each Mass, Christ offers himself up completely, together with the Church, which is his mystical body, made up of all the baptized. And so by reason of their union with Christ through the Church, the faithful offer the sacrifice together with him. And we also offer ourselves with him. We take part in the Mass, therefore, as those who offer and are offered. On the altar, our Lord presents to God the Father the redeeming meritorious sufferings he went, underwent on the cross and those of his brothers. Catechism says that the Mass makes Calvary present to us. And so is a greater intimacy or union with Christ possible? These days, as we prepare for Holy Week, we could try and go deeper in our appreciation of the Mass and of the mystery of the Blessed Eucharist. St. Rosa Maria wrote in 1945, if we live the Mass well, it can transform our lives. If we have in our souls the same sentiments and intentions as Christ on the cross, we will make our whole life an endless act of atonement. An assiduous petition and a permanent sacrifice for the whole of mankind. God will grant us a supernatural instinct to purify all our actions raising them to the order of grace and converting them into instruments of apostolate. And so we know Christ well in the Eucharistic sacrifice. It's there that our faith is strengthened. And we find the courage to confess openly that Christ is the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God, was come to save us all. O Pius XII said the Mass is offered by priests, but also by the faithful, since by the character that's graven on their souls at baptism, they share in the priesthood of Christ himself. Although the Participation of the faithful is essentially different from that of those who have received the sacrament of orders. Only by the words of the priest representing Christ does he make himself present on the altar at the moment of consecration. But all the faithful share in the offering which is offered to God 
for the good of the whole church. And so, Lord, let me bring my sacrifices. Let me actualize my intention. Fulton Sheen tells a story of some survivors of Dachau concentration camp where there were 5,000 priests in the Second World War. Any priest who spoke out against the Nazis in his Sunday homily in the occupied Europe, France, Belgium, Holland, Poland, Germany, was put on the next train to Dachau. 3,000 of them were killed. And one of these survivors talks about how we were human horses. We had to pull carts around the place and pull them down to the local railway station. And in one of those trips, we contrived to make one of the wheels fall off one of the carts outside the house of the local parish priest. We were Polish, we didn't speak German. In the commotion, the priest came out to see what was happening. We spoke to him in Latin and said we are priests, although dressed in prison attire. We need bread and wine. And on subsequent trips down to the railway station, that priest managed to sneak out to them a few crumbs of bread, a few grapes, sometimes some wine. And back at the camp after curfew, under penalty of instant death, those priests would gather with other priests to celebrate the holy sacrifice of the mass. And this survivor said, the mass meant so much to us. And Fulton Sheen comments, it was Christ coming to them in their Calvary. And these people got so much out of the Mass because they brought so much to the Mass. And so we're called to bring our sacrifices and then offer those sacrifices together with the priest. Uniting ourselves to the intentions of the priest Intentions of praise, of atonement, of thanksgiving, of petition, which are the four goals for which every Mass is offered. And Pius XII comments that what they are doing also is uniting themselves to Christ himself, the eternal priest, and to the whole church. And so some spiritual writers say that if ever you happen to pass through a church or through an oratory or a chapel and there's a mass going on, well, it's very good to unite yourself to the intentions of the priest saying mass. Unite yourself to that mass because then you also get some benefit from that mass that is being celebrated. And St. Paul VI like to remind people that in each Mass, we can offer up all created things, all our actions, our work, our sorrows, our family life, our tiredness, the apostolic initiatives that we may want to undertake this day. And the moment of the offertory is a particularly important time for us to present our personal offerings to be united to the sacrifice of Christ. I heard a priest say once that when it comes to the offertory, he said, I jump onto the pattern. 
was a rather graphic comment, and he was a big man. And so we can offer up not only the material realities of our life, but our very selves, the most intimate offering of our being. And with that lady, we can say, the mass is the joy of my life. It has an infinite effectiveness in spite of what we're feeling. And so guided by our priestly soul, we can be moved to identify ourselves more closely with Christ in our ordinary life. The priest says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. And we reply, may the Lord accept the sacrifice, this sacrifice at your hands to the praise and glory of his name for our benefit and for that of all his holy church. A lady who was a convert told me once how she felt she was becoming more and more Catholic because she said, Father, I don't like long homilies anymore. When I was a Protestant, a 45-minute sermon on a Sunday was fine, because that's all that there was. But now, after 10 minutes of the homily, I feel like saying to the priest, okay, Father, thank you very much, that's enough. Now, let's get on with what's really important. Well, her words were like a wake-up call. When we're close to things that are really important, well, we need to be reminded occasionally that they are really important. The church tells us that the mass is the summit and the source of our whole spiritual life. St. Maria liked to say it's the center and the root of our whole spiritual life. So it's the most important thing in our life, in our day, in our week. Something to which we try to give great importance. And so we can try to give this particular prayer that we've just read of the Mass a, a personal meaning, making it into a personal prayer. We go to Mass to make its unique sacrifice of infinite value our own. There's an eternal aspect to every Mass. Sometimes you find people who may have drifted away from the church for a number of decades finding their way into the back pew when Mass is being celebrated. Like somehow they sense there's something infinite taking place here. So we appropriate to ourselves this particular sacrifice and present ourselves before the Blessed Trinity, clothed in the countless merits of Christ, in certain hope aspiring to forgiveness, to greater grace in our soul, and also aspiring to eternal life. We adore with the adoration of Christ. We make satisfaction with the merits of Christ. We ask with his voice, which is ever effective. All that is his becomes ours. And all that is ours becomes his. Prayer, work, joys, thoughts and desires. 
all of which acquire a supernatural and eternal dimension. St. Rosa Maria liked to say that we have to try and make our whole day a mass. I heard an engineer say once how he had a very intense meeting from nine in the morning till five in the evening. He was being put on the spot a lot all during that time. It was a very intense period. And he said, when I came out at five o'clock in the evening, I was totally exhausted. I never felt so exhausted after a day's work before in my life. He said, as I reached the steps of the building from which I had been uh, working uh, during those hours, I said to myself, I think today has been a mass. Really felt that the whole day had been a mass. And so this can have great meaning for us. And everything we do is worthwhile insofar as it's offered on the altar with Christ, who is at the same time priest and victim. St. Rosemaria says, when we seek that intimacy with our Lord, in our own lives, the human side intermingles with the divine. All our efforts, even the most insignificant, take on an eternal dimension because they're united to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And our participation in the Mass culminates in Holy Communion, the fullest identification with Christ that we could ever dream of. And that's why one of the great goals of our life should always be to receive Holy Communion at Mass and therefore to prepare our soul for that with the sacrament of confession. We don't have to always go to confession before we receive Holy Communion. But if we have any stain of mortal sin on our soul, we do need to go to, to confession. So that we receive our Lord into a receptacle that has been prepared, our own soul. Before the institution of the Eucharist, in the years that they spent crossing and recrossing Palestine with our Lord, the apostles were never able to enjoy such an intimacy with Jesus as we have after receiving him in Holy Communion. And that's why it's very good to spend a few moments of thanksgiving or to take out a prayer book or a hymn book or the traditional prayers of the church are there for after Mass, are other prayers that we have come across that help us to be intimate with our Lord in those moments. They're very special moments in the day or in our week. Moments when we can grow to a deeper love and intimacy with our Lord. And so we could ask our Lord for the grace to take very good care of our fervent communions and of our thanksgivings. In one of his encyclicals, I think the one that's called the Church of the Eucharist, John Paul II likes to cast our mind back to when Our Lady would have received Holy Communion from the hands of St. John. How fervent her communions would have been as she received the body of Christ. Again, now in a spiritual way, she who had received him in a physical way. How she would have prepared for those moments and what her thanksgiving must have been like. 
And so the Mass is the most important and most fruitful of our personal encounters with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The whole of the Blessed Trinity is present in the Eucharistic sacrifice. And we hear their names referred to again and again, to our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. All these little words can bring in our minds a little bit and remind us that we're called to correspond to the divine love that is present there, that this correspondence is most pleasing to God. Just as the radii of a circle, the radii of a circle all converge on its center, so all our actions, our words, and our thoughts have to be centered on the sacrifice of the altar. Everything we do obtains its redeeming value there. A lady once asked me, Father, when I turn on my computer, can that be redemptive? And the answer is yes. Just the flick of the switch of our laptop, united to the sacrifice of the mass, acquires a redeeming value. It can help our Christian life greatly if we renew our morning offering during the mass. If we offer all that we're engaged in throughout the day, Uniting us in desire to the mass perhaps of the following day or to that which is being said nearby or in any part of the world. And so in a mysterious but real way, our whole day forms part of the mass. In a certain way, our day becomes a prolongation of the sacrifice of the altar. And our whole existence and every activity is this as were the matter of the Eucharistic sacrifice to which it is directed and in which it is offered. And so the Holy Mass offers and centers the entire day with its joys and sorrows. Our very weakness, weaknesses are purified insofar as they form part of a life offered up to God spite of our miseries or our wretchedness. We can do our work better if we remember that we've placed our work on the priest's baton or if we unite ourselves internally with another mass at which we're unable to be physically present. And the same thing can happen in the other events of our day. The small sacrifices of family life, pieces of bad news, our tiredness. All the happenings of our day can be an excellent preparation for the mass of the following day. And so St. Jose Maria used to say he spent part of the day in thanksgiving for the mass he had celebrated that particular day. And the other half of the day in preparation for the mass that he would say tomorrow. And that preparation can be intensified as we draw closer to the time of Mass. 
thus avoiding any hint of routine. A spiritual writer in the 19th century said that we, God will reveal himself to your soul in the measure in which you prepare for his coming. And so if we prepare for mass with spiritual communions, our little offerings, or the traditional prayers that the church recommends that we find in any missal, all these things will help us to be more focused. St. Maria wrote once, never get used to celebrating or attending the holy sacrifice. In fact, do so with such devotion as you would as if it were the only mass of your life. Knowing that Christ, God and man, head and body, is always present. Together, therefore, with our Lord, the whole of his church. It's a useful little thought. Imagine if this was the only mass that I could prepare for in my whole life. How I would want to prepare my soul and my heart to receive Jesus. That brings certain demands with it. One of them is punctuality, a first sign of courtesy to our Lord, as well as to the other people who will be attending the same Mass. It means we try to take care of our appearance. If you were going to visit the most important person in the country, well, how would you prepare physically? We transmit a message. Transmit a message when we make ourselves look well for Jesus. Likewise, the way that we kneel down or sit or stand, aware that we're in the presence of a friend who is at the same time our Lord and God. And so there's a certain way of functioning in the presence of Christ in the church. We show our Lord reverence and respect as a sign of our faith and of our love. And then we should try to follow the rites of the liturgy, preferably with our eyes and helping our children to do so with their eyes. Making our own the various prayers and hymns are the periods of silence, calmly, filling the whole mass with acts of faith and love particularly at the moment of the consecration, having some special words to say to Jesus, increase my faith, increase my hope, increase my love, and teaching children to do the same thing. And so we live each of the parts of the Mass, sincerely asking forgiveness of the penitential rite, following the readings attentively. If we live the holy sacrifice with piety, with love. We will go out into the streets afterwards filled with an immense joy, firmly disposed to show the vitality of our faith with deeds. And very close to Jesus in every Mass, we'll find Our Lady, Our Lady who is present at the foot of the cross. And whenever she is, St. Joseph can't be too far away. Our Lady shared in our redemption in a full and particular way. And if we ask her, 
will show, will show us the feelings and the dispositions with which we should live the Eucharistic sacrifice in which her own son offers himself. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.